We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Wednesday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, Rotowire NS, featured right on the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. The Rotowire DFS podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate and review us, please go ahead and do so. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Benicio, are you ready for 24 teams in action on the Wednesday slate today? Yeah, this is a, you know, I like the bigger slates, but mm-hmm. I like them in the 6 to 10 game sweet spot. 12, uh, 12 games is a lot. The good thing is we won't have a lot of overlay. The bad thing is this is a lot of research and a lot of looking around. I mean, I was up to about 2.30 in the morning, uh, you know, trying to make heads or tails of some of this stuff last night. So it's a it, it definitely benefits the people who are willing to put in the work um but a 12 game slate like this is a lot of work i would like to see two or three of these games been played on tuesday night instead of wednesday then we would have had like a seven and a ten game slate on back-to-back days which is 
hopefully the way that the NBA eventually goes, knowing that, you know, there's a lot of interest in, in DFS and it's driving, you know, a lot of their viewership and stuff like that. Um, I really hope that they wind up doing something where we get like a six to ten game slate every single night of the week. Because to me, that's, you know, that's the ideal sweet spot that we want to look for. Yeah, I think that's probably just not reasonable for them to to do that. But they have done a better job of balancing out like two game Thursday slates, you know. Why would you say it's not? To me, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. I don't understand why it's not reasonable. Like people keep telling me that. And then they're like, oh, well, logistically. I said, logistics what? Because you can just have the team, you know, like it really, to me, it doesn't make any sense. No, because like people keep saying like, oh, well, that'll never happen. But why can't it happen? Like to me, it just makes so much sense. You have to step outside the box and think think about things like this, okay? The NBA season for a team and in a a place where they run an arena and events all season long, okay? They have a business to run just outside the NBA as well that you have to help coordinate with. All right, the, part of the reasons why they have these arena deals that they have, not every team owns their own arena, first of all. Some of them are, right. are leased. Some of them are partnered with the city, and they have their own interests, which means they schedule conventions. They take in the concerts, other stuff that they have, sort of have to compromise with to make it all work. So, you know, and so this, which is why, for instance, like you see – Golden State or like the San Antonio Spurs like that go like on a two week road trip, which was like, you know, 10 games or something because like the rodeo finals were happening and stuff like that. So sometimes that's other stuff that brings them generates a lot of money for the arena, for the team and for the city take precedence. And you, so you can't just kowtow every 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 single time to the NBA. That's just real things that every team has to deal with. So that which is why you can't balance the slate out. You know, I'm not saying the NBA should or shouldn't have priority, but uh, they do they do make concessions and make compromises. Okay, but even even way like I live, you know, in, in northern New Jersey, very close to the you know Meadowlands complex. The Nets were there for a number of years. They have concerts at the Meadowlands. They have the circus at the Meadowlands. You know, they have Disney on Ice that I've taken my kids to at the Meadowlands. There's not something there every single night though. So, yeah, I agree with you. They have to work around some kind of schedule. But at the same point in time, you know, they can still, you know, all right, so maybe it's not an exact 10 games a day or eight games a day or nine games a day. But, you know, instead of having days where there's four games, you know, you could have, like, you easily could have, you can't tell me that you couldn't have moved one or two of the games played today. I mean, one or two of the games played on Wednesday to Tuesday. I, I agree with you. Not There might be some conflicts with some of these teams, but not every one of them. There's one or two of these stadiums that doesn't have anything going on or one or two of these arenas that's empty tonight where they could have just moved everything over. And also, like, another thing that, that kind of doesn't, like, that I don't understand is you have teams playing back-to-backs and then you have teams with, like, four days off. You know, there to me, there's a better way to do this where, because we know one of the big problems we have right now is, like, well, what do we do with the Spurs on a back-to-back? Or, you know, is Dirk Nowitzki going to play on a back-to-back or this? So if you know that that's an issue, try to limit the number of back-to-backs you give everybody. Spread out the schedule a little more. You know, I feel like it, I feel like they could do a better job of doing it all together. So that's my rant. We got a lot of games to talk about today, but that's my rant for the beginning. It's something that always kind of annoys me. Okay, well, I think that you're operating with probably about like less than 20% of the actual information. So you went to all 30 teams and like really addressed all the issues that they had to go for, go from rather than just making it work nicely for DFS. Then you'd probably see that it's a little bit more 
involved than we actually think about it. I'm that's that's just my personal guess. I, I, I'm with you though. I want it to be that way. You know, it's just um, you know, it's it's probably just not something that is an actual reality. And you know, you've uh, that 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 team. And sometimes, like you know, the the city is um like you know partnered or sometimes ownerships or have has you know or owns the, the arena outright and they've got to do what makes the most sense for them you know and so when, when the team has to answer to them there's a lot of times those teams are tenants not just owners you know and so you know we have so you're talking about x number of teams going to their tenant and um going to the, you know their their owner and saying hey we'd like to do this and the and tenants like hey you know what i have a full year of stuff that i need to sort of work around to tournament to make to make as much money as possible so we can do the things like we do like support the team as much as possible so that's the way that i personally see it not that i don't want it to turn out your way i'm just trying to you know play devil's advocate so let's go ahead and play some dfs by the way since we have a ton of uh games on tap here we've got houston at portland we've got golden state at phoenix those are two, two paced up games and then we got the uh slow down specials like the uh, you know the the Memphis Grizzlies who and um, it's the San Antonio Spurs who like to just play a little bit of snail ball. So there'll be interesting slate going on. We've got the um, uh, the George Carl Firewatch. Um, I'll tell you right now, there's I cannot believe that if Sacramento does not win at Philly, George Carl does not get the accident then and there. The only question to me is where um, Tom Thibodeau pops up, if at all. I'm really rooting that. I hope it's Sacramento because they have the worst defense maybe of all time. So uh, we'll see if that ends up happening. I'm trying to figure out what the holdup is. Now, as a as a Kings fan, do you want Carl to go? Like, you blame this season on him? Actually, I don't. First, but you know what? I do and I don't. There's just two things I'll say about that. Then we'll move on to the show. Um, I don't think one season or like you know a combined a combined half two half seasons is like a good enough gauge for you to really like get in tune with all the players and do everything that you want to do. Now, when I hear the message that's been reporting that like, the team has like tuned George Carl out and uh, they've stopped listening to him and they're upset with the way he communicates with players and stuff like that, then that's a serious issue. Which then you may have to reevaluate as to whether or not you want to keep the coach because the message has been lost. But you're sending such a terrible message to the players and to the, to like future coaches and stuff like that when you continue to axe everybody the way the Cleveland Browns do you know yep see that's that's my problem with this whole situation is since this guy has taken over he's yeah. just like you know it's like the whole thing time. is just yeah it's just so willy-nilly and like you look at the good teams in the NBA you know the the Spurs who are obviously like the the crown jewel of how to run a you know a, a sports franchise you know but even teams like the the Miami Heat like the teams that are that are consistently solid year in and year out, you know, they're not changing their coaches every five minutes. They're not hiring a new GM every six months. Like you got to get that, you know, you can't, the way that pro sports is, you can't turn something around in a week. You can't even turn it around in a season. Most of the time, you know, it takes a couple years to build the foundation, to get your kind of players in, to get rid of the horrible contracts that, you know, some of these past GMs have been throwing out to people like, uh, you know, like, in my opinion, like, George Carl is a very good coach. He has a track record. We know this about him. Right. You know, what we also know about that Sacramento team is they've been coach killers. I don't want to throw that on, like, the Marcus Cousins or Rudy Gay, but the Marcus Cousins and Rudy Gay have never, like, you know, like, I feel like if your team trades for these guys and you're the coach, you're like, oh, man, I'm going to be unemployed in a couple months because it's just, like, it, it seems to, like, follow them. So, 
if the players have tuned out the coach and the coach is a winning coach and the players haven't won anything yet, <laughs> whose fault is it really? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, a, you know, a, maybe it's the players. It's I not. Don't... You know, well, yeah, and I don't know what the actual answer is to that either. So that's sort of like just like a a debate that we probably need to leave for a different day because it's so, you know, um, it's chicken or the egg with the Sacramento Kings. So, um, well, let's go ahead and talk about what we can, uh, you know, sort of make sense sense out of this. Is, and that's who we should play at the point guard position for Wednesday because there's a lot of options. We can go cheap, mid range, and value. So I'd love to hear for starters how you think you're going to be anchoring your lineups for Wednesday. Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys up top that are just in, like, ideal, ideal, ideal spots. You know, you got Steph Curry against Phoenix. Phoenix playing fast. Their guards don't stop anybody. You know, that's a good spot for him. Obviously, the price is a little expensive, um, so I'm not sure how much exposure I'm going to have. They're on the road on the tail end of a back-to-back, so there are a lot of red flags. But those red flags could actually be something that keeps this game close enough where, you know, you get four quarters out of Curry, and if you get four quarters out of Curry, you know, that's usually a pretty big number there. Um, you got guys like Kyle Lowry going up against Minnesota's in a good spot, Damian Lillard going up against Houston. You know, again, these are high-paced teams, high-paced games. These guys are paced up. These are guys that are scoring 40, 50 fantasy points a game as it is right now, um, and they're big discounts to Steph Curry. So that's why, you know, guys like Lowry and Lillard are in play for me. You can go down to Kyrie Irving, who's been on fire, match up with the L.A. Lakers, something that you and I talk about all the time as a team that we pick on. You know, Cleveland's been playing some higher-scoring games lately, so you got a guy like Kyrie in a good spot. And then even a guy like Ish Smith. Lately, the high-usage guys that are going up against Sacramento are just putting up absolutely ridiculous numbers. You know, the other night against the Mets, you had Lopez and Joe Johnson and Thad Young all go for 40-plus you know, last night against Cleveland, you had Kyrie and you had LeBron James, I think, had a triple-double for, like, you know, 60 fantasy points. And Kyrie had 40-something fantasy points. So, you know, high-usage guys on teams going up against Sacramento have been, you know, basically fantasy gold all season. So I like a guy like Ish Smith coming back from injury as well. Um, you know, so there's enough guys up at the top end that I don't know if I can go down to the bottom part of it because I think there's just too many guys that have the ability – and the matchup where they could put up 40, 50 point games here where, you know, is it really worth it to save a couple thousand bucks to get a guy who, you know, is probably only going to put up 30. Yeah. The way I look at this here is, um, yeah, Sacramento has actually exceeded the, 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 the bum crusher teams that we normally like to target to like the Phoenixes and the Philadelphia 76ers and, uh, you know, the Brooklyn Nets and the LA Lakers in terms of what you want to do. Uh, because there is zero defense being played. You know I watch almost almost every single Sacramento Kings game, and they're mm-hmm. basically letting everybody get everything they want. And, you know, don't be surprised. You know, I wasn't surprised that anything happened with the Cleveland Cavaliers, but, like, if you if you saw Boston and yeah, and Brooklyn, which is, you know, pr- the Brooklyn game is probably going to be one of the reasons why Carl gets fired, because a game like that with the roster that you have that you thought you sort of were like a, a playoff eight seed and you can't handle Brooklyn and, and with that roster, roster that they have over on you you also can't stop anybody and then you come back with boston where demarcus cousins should have gotten 40 against jared solinger defense and he doesn't get that uh it's really annoying and frustrating so you know everybody at every position is an actual target and they, them having marco bellinelli in the starting lineup actually makes things worse although he's a better offensive option you just traded more offense for defense which is crazy uh to mm-hmm. me but um, I, I, don't, I know some of it's related to, you know, Ben McLemore being injured and like, but like, it's just 
a real overall mess overall, which is why you should love Ish Smith. And on the flip side of that, too, because they're scoring so often, they, they're turning up the gas even more on the offensive end. I mean, they scored, like, what, 119 mm-hmm. points against Boston when you saw Rajon Rondo to me, which is, like, the safest cash option that you can get. And it's actually fallen down from 8600 down to eight k. You take a look at the price tag payoff for, uh, for him in the last three contests, 5.5, 6.8, and 5.5. And yep. we're talking about a minimum of 15 assists in three straight games with 12 steals by the way yeah. three six and three so you love that the only um and you're getting the double double bonus for DraftKings and fantasy draft the only thing you want him to do is get the triple double you know um so you know which is viable but uh you know we're gonna have to be either way you're gonna love the production that you get and this is a good spot uh, against the philadelphia 76ers who also aren't really known for playing much defense as well so yeah now would you say that the sacramento kings for our daily fantasy, you know, Major League Baseball guys. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically like Coors Field. You know, yeah. you can start everybody on their team and everybody on a team against them because there's just more points scored in the games that they're involved yeah, in. Yeah, right now it really is sort of like a Coors Field advantage because, yeah, no defense is being played, but you have your your fair share of Carlos Gonzalez's and, yep. and Corey Dickerson's and stuff like that who, you know, in if they played for Popovich – you don't even know if you'd own Rajon Rondo and, you know, DeMarcus Cousins would be LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, which could be like, uh, you know, a uh, all-star, but not doing nearly as much as he did on his former team because um, they play slower possessions, you know, and they actually do what makes more sense was take more time to move the ball on offense instead of jack up shots. Um, the one thing I, I will say that you are not going to be happy about um, is DeMarcus Cousins is making it rain from from three. And it's kind of like as a necessity, you know what I mean? Because like they're down ten in the fourth quarter, and he's like trying with two two minutes, three minutes left, and he's like, "I we need threes to get back in this game," and he's been hitting them, you know. So, uh, yeah. Uh, aside from that, too, go to Marcus Cousins was not a guy that we were too high on yesterday, and you know, I I ended up playing him. I know that we that that was sort of like more my, more my doing than your recommendation, and we collaborated on a lot of lineups. And for the first time, he really did have like a disappointing performance. So I think this road trip is sort of getting to him. But you know what you do? You get very healthy very quickly against Jaleel Okafor defense. Yeah. So um, and we'll t- and also with a guy like the Marcus Cousins, I mean, let's face it, how much money has he made us in the last two weeks? You know, I mean, every night so he's putting much. up. Fi- yeah. yeah, he's putting up fifty, sixty every night for our cash games for us. Right. So. so I'll live with one bad cash performance. It wasn't yeah. the reason why we lost. He was a contributing factor, but even if he put up his normal performance, we still don't cash with you know Aaron Brooks doing what he did and yeah. vomiting all over our lineup and and a couple other things that just sort of didn't yeah. go our way. I mean, basically, what it, what it comes down to with Cousins is you know you got to hit, you got to have enough of the value guys that you like in order to use Tim. And, um, you know, we thought we had some yesterday and a couple of them just didn't turn out real well. So it happens. It does happen indeed. So um, let's go ahead and talk about um, – well, uh, really quickly, uh, as you know, as, as far as from my Swerve and Rage on Rondo too, I'm still going to be taking a look at um, – in the value sections um, there as well, it, you know, a couple guys that you can sort of uh, earmark there is um, I think – I don't know if you mentioned uh, Kyrie Irving against the L.A. Lakers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I love Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah. But really, yeah, he, the price is actually elevating, but the production has stepped up too, and I can't pass up against L.A. So Kyrie, I would be totally fine if anybody wanted to go outside the top five and just do a Kyrie Irving Rage on Rondo pairing, at least for cash, because mm-hmm. the, the matchups there are, are very elite. So yeah. Now, do you have any – because I don't really have any value plays that I love. I feel like there's a lot of guys up top with huge upside. 
And I feel like it's going to be a position where I do spend up a little more than I normally do on a, on a given slate. Yeah, you know me. I'm like a huge proponent of spending up at point guard. I try to do it almost in every cash lineup that we collaborate on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we, we Benny and I talk about a lot of the lineups that we use for fantasy draft. Uh, but for me, I'm still going to just do with a, do, you know do my tried and true um, thing, which is like take my top guard in a lot of lineups and pair him with Patrick Beverly to, for cost savings, so I can feel I can spend as much as I want and still feel very safe about the cash game return uh, against Portland. You know, Damon Lillard has never been known as a defensive stalwart, and they don't have a great overall defensive profile as a team anyway. So um, I, I will take shares of Patrick Beverly, uh, you know, because I feel like the the floor and the overall value that he chips in with the assists and the rebounds and the steals is something super safe that you can use as your number two guard or your or a cheap utility play uh, on your lineups for twos for for Wednesday. So that's probably the only guy that I really want to sort of swerve to. Aside from that, I'm not uh, too excited about what's below him. So uh, uh, we can sort of. Uh, I think draw the line there. Some people may be interested in you know what Jared Bayless has been doing as of late there as well, which is pretty interesting actually because he's getting 25 to 30 minutes and paying off you know five to six and a half times value over the, the past three contests. You know, so, um, so there's another cheap option that I would limit to GPPs. But aside from that, I think we got to move forward to the next position. All right, uh, small. I'm sorry, shooting guard up on the slate here now. Let's go ahead and talk about what you want to do here at the two for Wednesday. Yeah, I think, you know, I again, James Harden is listed as questionable. We both think he's probably going to play on both Tuesday and Wednesday. He's got a, a, a sore hand, um, you know, maybe from all the shooting he does. I really don't know. Um, but either way, he's probably going to be in here. But I don't love him on the back end of a back-to-back, even though it's a pretty solid, you know, spot against Portland. I don't think I'm going to be paying up for him here. I do like C.J. McCollum on the other side of that game. Uh, We know that Houston is a high-paced team. We know that James Harden plays, I mean, arguably some of the worst defense. Not even arguably. I mean, it might be some of the worst defense in the NBA. Um, You know, they clown on him a lot on, on like, Shaq and the Fool and, and, you know, SportsCenter, where, like, guys will come down the lane, and his idea of defense is just kind of getting out of the way. Right. So McCollum being a guy who is a big scorer and is somebody who's aggressive and will look to to put the ball in the basket and look for his own shot. I think he's in a really good spot here. And I like the fact that he's cheaper than the guys like Clay Thompson and DeRozan and way cheaper than a guy like Harden. So I think he's got a lot of upside in this matchup here. Um, Also think you got to keep looking at the guys on Phoenix, Uh, you know, Archie Goodwin, Devin Booker. I think I like Goodwin a little more. I think they're both still in play. Um, Most sites that you look at, their price is still pretty cheap, and you know that they just don't have a lot of guys on Phoenix, um, both a short bench and just a lot of guys that can actually play basketball either. So these guys are seeing 30, 35, 36 minutes a game, and you got to respect that because guys can definitely hit value when they do that. Um, the only other guy who I'm still kind of I have on my list here is Evan Fournier if Tobias Harris remains out. Uh, with Harris out, Fournier's been playing a lot of minutes at the three. And he's putting up some pretty decent numbers. He actually was on his way to a horrible game yesterday. Had a had a like a horrible first half. I think he had like eight or nine fantasy points. And then he still managed to have a big second half and come up with I forget what he finished with, like thirty seven or thirty nine points on DraftKings. I had him, but I, it was somewhere around there. I don't remember the exact number, but you know, for a guy who's priced at like forty five hundred, I think he was yesterday, 
you know, if Tobias Harris is out, I think you can get a lot of upside for cheap at Evan Fournier, and he'll be on a lot of my rosters if everything falls right. I like him more than Etwan Moore, who's the other guy that, you know, people are talking about a lot lately with uh, Jimmy Butler. Um, how, do, how do you feel about that situation? Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm, Etwan Moore has been a guy who's been meeting value uh, for uh, for us uh, on this uh, Wednesday uh, slate for, in, as a fill-in role. But I think that, yeah, there's definitely, like, because of the depth of what's available on the on the Wednesday slate, there's so many different options that you can sort of go with here. Um, and the one thing that I actually sort of think is is something that's happening is with, with Phoenix is because they have such a thinned out roster, um, they like um, no matter what you take a look at some of these games. I mean, they got blown out against San Antonio. Devin Booker still plays forty three minutes. All right, they, you know they um, got blown out against Cleveland. He still plays thirty three minutes. So it doesn't like you never even have to worry about the score. Yes, it was a bad performance overall against um, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City Thunder. But before that, I mean, the guy had been turning out, um, you know, some some pretty solid five to six x plus performances. Maybe you want to limit him to GPPs because it is you know the number one team in the league. But I feel actually not um, uh, okay at least in um, for for uh, tournaments with Devin Booker. Uh, given the price tag that that he has, six K is, is is still reasonable. He's still probably their best scoring option, like maybe alongside Markeith Morris. Um, and you know, for for a guy that has you know mid thirty point upside uh, for that price tag, it's that's a, that's reasonable to me. Maybe you even get a little bit of a discount because it is the Golden State Warriors and because he had a bad game in the last matchup. So I'm 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 sort of paying attention to that. And you know what? I also have to do. I have to give my um my good buddy Sam Niedermeyer credit, who I host um uh, a couple shows here. Uh, across the industry uh, t- for talking me into J.R. Smith. Uh, you know, the guy has been pretty consistent. I mean, I, I think he is actually a nice number two shooting guard option over here. We're taking a look at the last five games, no less than 27 fantasy points, you know, peaked in the last two games with back-to-back six trade performances, 20 points scored or more, 20, 20, and 22 in the last three contests, and he's still at 5,500, giving you, like, you know, GPP value right now at 6.3 to 6.5 um, in those two contests uh, that he just played in. So uh, I'm, I'm on board with J.R. Smith, especially given the matchup. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, J.R. JR plays a lot of minutes. And he does put up numbers while he's out there, you know, especially on DraftKings where you get the three-point bonus. I like him. He, he, he's like most shooting guards are, you know. And we, we talked about this earlier in the year when we were talking about, you know, why we like the roster point guards more than we like the roster shooting guards. A lot of shooting guards are points dependent. So if they have a bad scoring game, it's usually a bad fantasy game overall for him. JR is a little bit less points dependent than some of the other ones. He does get you a couple rebounds. He'll get a few assists every game. Um, you know, like I said, he gets those three-point bonuses because he takes a lot of long-range shots. And the thing I like the most about him is he plays, even even with Amon Shumpert back right now, he's still playing like 35 to 40 minutes a game. So when you get in that many minutes out of a guy who's relatively cheap, you know, he's usually in like the low fives on DraftKings, the low fives on FanDuel. You know, you get him for like slightly above $10,000 over on uh fantasy draft you know he's considered a cheap player so i think there's definitely some upside for him um the matchup is okay um i mean obviously the matchup against the lakers is good the reason i say okay is you always got to fear the blowout but the lakers have actually been hanging tough with people lately so i kind of like this spot for a lot of guys on cleveland you know jr and and kyrie included wait wait wait, hold on sorry sorry i i 
Okay, are we uh, are we good at the two here, Benny? We can move forward. Uh, I I believe that we're we've got it sufficiently covered there. Um, so two guard is a little bit. Uh, interesting in terms of what we want to do uh with some of the top options uh you know we've we i think we've got a wealth of different ways that we can sort of go here and i'm gonna i'm gonna mix and match too i I'm not, i don't think I, you necessarily have to lock yourself into one top option uh for cash because there's so many um mid-range guys that you can make a good case for like the cj mccollum's uh you know and the uh you know jr smith in the middle and along with rodney hood who a guy i've been riding um for quite some time here for at least for cash games so i will try a couple t- different things um w- with my mixing and matching but in line, if harden's healthy i have no problem with him up top as well let's go ahead and talk about uh rotowire.com and the free 10-day trial that's having we're continuing to add a bunch of very cool features to the lineup optimizer so uh now is as good a time as any to get uh get a hold of the 10-day free trial up to do, do is go to uh, rotowire.com slash pod Features include lineup optimizers for eight different daily fantasy sites and all the major sports, MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, college football, soccer, golf is coming up here next. So we've got a lot of great stuff here. Up-to-the-minute depth charts, customizable league projections, and draft kits for the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, uh, and more. So we've got a lot of great stuff. Make sure you take advantage. Use the stats that we use for this very show, rotowire.com slash pod. 10-day free trial. Tell them Josh and Benny sent you. Small forward. Up here for the Wednesday slate. Let's talk about who you want to roll with here uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, um, you know, the first name that sticks out to me because of the way he's been playing is uh, Nick Batum. Um, They're going up against Indiana. It's not really like a jump-off-the-page great matchup, but if Batum is still, like, below 7K, as he has been in the last couple games since coming back from injury, in the last three games he's averaged 42 minutes, He's averaged uh, 51 and a half fantasy points, and he's given you 7x, 9x, and 7.7x. So as far as I'm concerned, unless the price jumps up, you know, major, you know, like above 8K almost would have to be where it would get for me not to want to roster this guy. He's the first guy that I'm throwing down on the list. He's rebounding very well. His scoring is up. He's picking up a couple assists for you. I mean, he's basically close to that triple-double per game average. Um, the last three games, he's gone 19 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists, 26 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, 21 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. And he's also adding, like, you know, two defensive stats either, either two, two steals or a block and a steal or two blocks. Um, he's just been unbelievable lately. So he's the first guy that caught my eye that, you know, I have at the top of my list. I also think I'm going to be trying to look in that mid-range because there's a couple guys that I really like that I've been rolling with that I'm going to keep going with. Uh, you got Kent Bazemore um, going up against Chicago. If Jimmy Butler's out, Chicago's small forward defense has been pretty weak anyway this season. You know, Bazemore's another guy, 34, 38, 30 in his last three games, doing it at about 5,200 there, playing about 35 minutes a game. Um, so he's another guy that I really like. You got Wes Johnson for the Clippers. You know, especially if uh, Pierce is out. He played 41 minutes in that game against Philly with Pierce out. You know, didn't have a huge game, put up 27 fantasy points. But, again, he's 4,300. So 25 to 30 fantasy points out of a guy who's 4,300 has given us over 6X. So those are the guys that hopped out, you know, jumped out to me right away. But I also think, you know, you got a good spot for LeBron against the Lakers. If that game doesn't turn into a blowout, you know, he's very likely to put up an obnoxious number. Uh, even Kawhi Leonard, who hasn't been playing great, 
Um, you put him in that game against Orlando, it's a good spot for him. That game should feature some scoring. I think uh, San Antonio is actually on a back-to-back as well. Um, and Orlando's actually been playing a little bit better lately. So if they're able to keep that game close, you know, Kawhi finally had another uh, 5X game, basically two in the last three after not having one for about two or three weeks. Um, his minutes are up again to like 35, 36-minute range. So I think Kawhi's in play. And then another guy who we talk about a lot here, P.J. Tucker, you know, with the way that team is, he's just playing huge minutes, uh, 39, 31, 37, 45 in his last four games. You know, he's averaging, uh, he had one real bad game against Utah, which, again, everybody has bad games against Utah, so we can excuse that. He's averaging like 32 fantasy points in the other three games in his last four. So, you know, a couple of them against like Toronto, it's a tough matchup. He still wound up doing pretty well. OKC is a tough matchup at the small forward. He did pretty well. So there's a lot of options you can go to. But like I said, the guys that caught my eye right away are kind of in that mid-range. Guys like uh, Nick Batum at like, if he's around like 6,700 again, Baysmore at around a little above 5K. And then um, Wes Johnson at a little below 5K are the three who I'm probably going to have on a lot of rosters. Okay, I can make it make sense out of all those plays overall. The way I, I, I have this shaking out here is um, if you want to limit Stanley Johnson's to GPP because he sort of tripped up against Toronto, I'm fine with that. But if you look at the three games before that, um, you know, a guy who, you know, definitely was meeting the price tag with 25 uh, fancy points with a range of 46 against the New York Knicks. And so, you know, I, I'm not really uh, scared off the matchup against Denver at all if it's going to be, um, you know, Danilo Gallinari defense. So I think this is a good spot for you to get back invested. The ownership percentage will probably be lower, being that he sort of had the hiccup. And you know that the price isn't going to increase after he only scored 15 fantasy points in the last matchup. He's another guy that sort of, you know, tripped us up. Uh, on the Monday slate, but I, I think that the play made sense then, and it still makes sense now against Denver at home. So, like I said, you want to keep it limited to tournaments. I'm totally fine with that. Um, and you know, another uh, on the flip side of that too, I think you can actually take Robert Covington against the Sacramento Kings because it is like a little cheat code, and nobody wants to play Covington right now because he's been so uneven in terms of production and minutes. But we're talking about the Sacramento Kings here, so there should be some definite fantasy value to derive. And on the on the flip side of that too, you can actually play Rudy Gate at least I think for cash games and sort of meet value. He's been not somebody that's been really consistent at all because you know he's been injured with an ankle injury the past three games and came back and played 27 minutes and you know could have played more minutes in the fourth quarter and would have met the price tag if they they didn't get into a blowout situation. But I really think it's unlikely they they get blown out against Philly in this matchup, and I expect this game to be high scoring. Uh, as well so those are two two factors that you can consider and you know maybe take a look at rudy gay for uh for cash games uh overall so that's the, uh, the way i have that shaking out um anybody else in the the uh super cheap value territory or are you gonna, are you going to draw the line here at west uh west johnson uh for your um you know your home run type plays yeah, I mean, as of now, Wes Johnson's as low as I'm going to go. As you guys know, we always tell you, you know, pay attention, though, to see who's out or who's in or who's hurt or who's getting a day of rest on, on the back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Um, something may open up later on. Like, there's a few guys down there who are a little bit interesting to me. You know, guys like Jeff Green and Matt Barnes and, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a whole a whole list of other ones. But as of now, I'm not really looking at any of them because I think Wes Johnson – for the price down in that range is the best option I can go with. But you never know what's going to happen between now and lineup lock on Wednesday. So if you hear that somebody's out and somebody's going to be getting, you know, 35 or 40 minutes and, a, and an increased role, you know, there could be some other guys that we look to use too. But um, 
You know, like Aaron Brooks yesterday was a guy, even though he didn't have a good game, you know, you and I did not mention him at all on the podcast because neither one of us had any idea that Derrick Rose wasn't going to play. You know, we mentioned Etwan Moore knowing Butler wasn't going to play, but we, we didn't mention Brooks. But, you know, when you get that late news, that late breaking stuff that comes out, you know, sometimes guys like that become viable options. Yeah, it didn't work out yesterday if you took Brooks, but, you know, there's plenty of other days where, you know, taking a, a J.J. Barea because you find out, you know, Darren Williams is going to be out or something like that has led to, you know, big caches in, in, in GPP. So, you know, as of now, Wes Johnson's the floor for me, but you never know what's going to happen between now and then. So, All right, fair enough. I think those are all reasonable expectations for that position. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the four here. We've got, um, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, which I'm f- more than fine with going back to the well. Uh, and uh, aside from that, too, I think this is actually one of the, like, weaker um, you know, positions in terms of what you want to do uh, with your options overall, you can still get some value in the mid range, and there uh, there's guys that I that that I do like, but I think I'm anchoring cash with Demarcus Cousins against uh, you know Jaleel Oak for defense. We mentioned that there as well, so uh, we uh, leaving leaving Cousins aside as the obvious and most expensive play. Who, who do you want to get some exposure to at the four? Yeah, I mean, there's quite a few guys on this list too with all the games tonight that I'm going to be looking at. Um, Julius Randle's been playing amazing lately, as long as Larry Nance Jr.'s still out. Power forward is one of the few spots you actually can attack Cleveland. And we talked about how Cleveland's, you know, both the points they're scoring and the points they're giving up to opponents have been going up lately since Tyron Lue took over. Um, So, you know, I do think Randle, what do you have, 44 fantasy points last night or something? So at at that little above 6K range, I think he's in play. Um, I like Derek Favors again going up against uh, New Orleans. You know, Favors has been a guy we've been riding. He's still pretty cheap. His price hasn't gotten back up to the $76,000, $8,000 range on DraftKings where it should be. Um, so until it does, I think there's value with him. Paul Millsap started playing well again yesterday, going up against, uh, you know, pretty depleted uh, Chicago Bulls front court. You know, he's had a couple good games, seems to be back and, you know, got his head on straight after, you know, the family problems that he had and all that stuff. Somebody died in his family and all that. Um, you know, he hadn't been playing well for a couple games, but he seems to be back to his old self. You know, there, there's a lot of guys in here. Um, even Kevin Love, who, you know, we mentioned on defense, he's going up against the Lakers. Great matchup for anybody. Um, you know, he's a kid from the West Coast. So, you know, this could be a game that he gets up for, even though it's in Cleveland. Um, you know, those are the guys that I'm looking at. Aaron Gordon, even though I don't love the matchup against the San Antonio Spurs, he's been putting up double-doubles, playing really well. Taj Gibson getting huge minutes right now, going up against Atlanta. Um, you know, Marvin Williams, whose game logs have been amazing, going up against, uh, you know, Indiana, which has become a tougher, you know, matchup with, uh, you know, Miles Turner now, but he's still pretty cheap and has been putting up some big numbers. So, you know, there, there's quite a few options that you can look at here in every price range. The guys who I think I'm going to be targeting the most, though, I really like that uh, that Randall play. I will definitely have some DeMarcus Cousins. And then, um, you know, I'll probably have some exposure in, in tournaments to guys like Draymond and Millsap and Love and Favors, who I think can have big games and are going to go lower owned than some of the guys we mentioned. Yeah, and I'm okay actually, too, on the flip side of that with Markeith Morris as a GPP-only play against mm-hmm. the Golden State Warriors. There, They don't really have another option. It's not like they can they need to get um, anybody else some extra minutes. And he's still on showcase for trades. So he um, ex- expect him to to get a significant amount of run. Uh, you know the Phoenix Suns actually did a good job of hanging in that OKC game. That oh, it looks like a blowout, but that really game only got away like in the last 
two, three minutes of the fourth quarter. Uh, and he came up with 23-7 and seven in that matchup, and is still very reasonable at 6,200. So take a look at him for GPPs there as, as well. And then you've got, you know, some uh, a nice set of, uh, you know, cash swerves. Uh, with, you know, in the up top and uh, and down below the, uh, there there as well. I will say this. You know what? Um, no matter what happens with the Cleveland front line, I just will never play Tristan Thompson or Timothy Moskov. You know, I'll, I'll make I can't wait for like you know Kevin Love to um you know and it looks like he's he's back on track, but he didn't have a good performance in two of the last three. I know he's been battling um, some thigh issues, but once he gets back on track, I'll I'll definitely get exposure to him. Um, I don't think he's fully healthy or fully there yet, but you know, every time we think we can make a case for Tristan Thompson, he's throwing up a dud. So I don't care that they're playing the LA Lakers. I'm just, it's going to be an overall fade for me. If you want to limit him to home run GPP, fine. No, no, thank you for me personally. He's just not involved in the offense nearly enough. And we've got like LeBron and Kyrie and J.R. Smith taking all these shots and making all these shots for him to even be like an, an afterthought in my lineup right now. Yeah, and the other day, I think he had a game. I don't know if he did eventually get a bucket, but the other day when everybody was using him, he played big minutes, and I think he had like 16 rebounds, two assists, and no points or something like that. I don't know if he got a bucket. If he did, it was late in the game. Mm -hmm. But it was like into the third quarter where you know he had like 12 rebounds, which you were like, oh, great, I got 12 rebounds out of Tristan Thompson. And then you're like, is the points broken like are they not counting this out like what's yeah. going on here and it's like legitimately zero points you know i think he only took like three shots so you know kind of echoes what you're saying is he might help you in some of the other categories that you expect them to right but if you're not going to score any points then you know it, it's really going to be you're, tough for you to reach value if you're not mid price you're dead to us is what you're saying yeah. for fantasy it's, purposes you know. fan, you're a great player on your team you're you have a nice role you're dead to us in the fantasy community we have no yeah. use for you yeah all right, uh, let's go ahead and move along to the center position. But before we do that, we have to let all the business owners know that if they need a website, why not do it yourself here with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 75 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about, out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. So with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from the drag-and-drop editor, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. So when you're running your own business, you're bound to be too busy, too busy to worry about the budgets, the scheduling appointments, or building a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy, and that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. The results will be stunning. All right, center position up. Let's go ahead and talk about your top options here for Wednesday. Yeah, there's quite a few guys that you can look at. Um, Paul Gasol's in a in a good matchup, especially if you know Rose and or Butler are going to be out again. You know they're going to have to look to him to score some points. He's a bigger center, which is what you know Al Horford usually struggles with. Uh, Horford has the same problem that some of the other guys that we talk about that are playing center at you know six nine and six ten have. They're fine when they have some of the smaller centers going up against them, but when they go up against a true center, a, a true guy who's seven foot tall. Um, they usually struggle a little bit, so I do think this will be a good game for Powell up against uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, also really like DeAndre Jordan going up against Boston. Boston's a team that's been struggling with big guys all year. Again, they're a team that doesn't have a true center with you know guys like Sollinger in the middle. I mean, I guess they have Olenek and Zeller who they bring off the bench, but you know those are more... You know, Zeller's actually a little bit more of a banger, but Olenek's more of like an outside kind of big, tall shooter, stretch the floor kind of center. 
Um, so I think DeAndre Jordan could have another big game here. Carl uh, Anthony Towns has been playing great. I don't really love the matchup against Toronto, but obviously you got to at least consider and give him a look. I do like Dwight Howard against Portland. Portland's uh, you know, not great against big guys. Dwight Howard is still pretty cheap, only around like right above 7K. So I think he could be in play here. Um, Jaleel Okafor has looked better lately going up against Sacramento. He's one of those high-usage guys on Philly who gets the ball a lot on offense. So I think he's going to outperform what he normally does in points, which is usually pretty good anyway. And if it's going to be a fast pace, there's more missed shots. Even though he's not a huge rebounder, he has put up some big rebounding games. So I like him at that price of 6K. Uh, Gorgie Dang still going to be using him. Again, tough matchup against Toronto, but... You know, 64, 6,500, guys been putting up double-doubles every game, playing 35, 40 minutes. Um, and then even Willie Cauley-Stein, I think, is in a decent spot going up against that Philly, um, you know, that Philly team. They miss a lot of shots. They don't score a ton. It's going to be a fast-paced game. Should be able to grab some rebounds. Um, Okafor, a little bit of an undersized guy, gets a shot blocked a lot. Cauley-Stein's a good shot blocker, you know. So for kind of cheap, I think he could be somebody else in play. So, like I said, there's a lot of different ways to go. Um, I think some of my favorite options altogether, you know, like I said, I do like Okafor a lot. I think he's in a good spot. Um, I like Powell, but I don't love him. I'm probably going to be using a lot of Okafor, a lot of Dwight Howard, um, a little bit of Gorgie Dang mixed in there as well. I love Gorge Dang as, as a pick. I think he's been super consistent in providing cheap value with GPP upside in that spot. And um, and his matchup against Luis Scola is as good as you can probably find on the slate at the power forward position who plays has no vert and plays no defense overall. So I think that's a, a, a very good um, – has a lot of potential in that spot and then i love pagas all top especially if we're going to have a shorthanded roster with potentially no um jimmy butler and no derrick rose you know he, he's gonna have to carry the the majority of the load overall so i think that he's um in a in a high usage uh spot here and i love uh andre drummond to have a block party uh mike malone has officially blown up that center position as well to a point where we can't play anybody it was like J- lavernier yeah. got like five minutes jokic got 14 and um nurchich got like i don't know uh, I, I was just looking at the box score, but it was ugly overall. Nobody even played 20 minutes. Uh, the only person you could sort of trust was Kenneth Fareed, who is actually not, I don't mind as a play either at the, at the four. Um, but, you know, but aside from that, this could be an absolute block party happening in Denver with Andre Drummond. So I think that's in a very good spot. Nobody, nobody who's getting consistent minutes and nobody who can guard him. So um, that's how I have that shaking out for Wednesday. And that's going to wrap it up for the Rotowire DFS podcast for today's action. Don't forget to check out the uh, the uh, podcast available on iTunes and Stitcher for you to subscribe, share, and uh, download. And don't forget to send all your comments, complaints, and questions to Benny R 11 I have officially decided that uh, he can get all the hate for any bad lineups that uh, recommendations that we make uh, o- o- overall. So make sure you... Um, rant and complain to him about how how bad our picks were. He would he he loves that stuff. And if you unblock him, if you end up getting blocked by him, he's willing to unblock you for the low low price of a five dollar donation to the charity of your choosing. So very great deal for you. You know, have some fun. Go off on a rant on Twitter. Get blocked and do something nice for charity. That's 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 the way we do it. Am I correct, Benny? Yeah, I like it. I mean, hey, we're trying to help out, uh, you know, everybody here. So trying to help people win money and we're trying to help other people, uh, you know, spend their charitable donations. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Curing cancer one Twitter troll at a time. 
that's our motto here on the Rotowire DFS podcast. You know, we try we try to take negatives and turn them into positives. You know? Absolutely, that's, that's our goal. So, absolutely, know. that's right. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to check out at Rotowire uh, for all your season long and uh, daily fantasy needs uh, throughout the the NBA season and uh, the upcoming baseball season as well. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.